Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in. Winning cures everything number 232. This is the Tuesday, September 18th edition of the show. It is the college football and NFL football recap show for weeks three and weeks two. We had to do this one remotely. So Chris had to join me on a video call as always, the show is brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. You can check out more at tunicatravel.com. You can check out our stuff at winningcureseverything.com. You can follow us on Twitter at winningcures. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. And as always, subscribe to us on YouTube and any of your favorite podcast apps. Let's go ahead and get into this thing. All right, this is the Winning Cures Everything College Football Week 3, starting 11. Uh, if you were watching on Facebook, YouTube, whatever, the black screen here is our buddy Chris. It's the uh, best I've ever looked. It really it really is. Like, I don't know what Boston did to you, but, uh, but Boston made you look better. <laughs> All right, so, uh, of course, as always, it is brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier gambling, uh, sports gambling destination. Well, and gambling, whatever. Um, but yeah, lots of sports books down there. They've got six of them. Go check them out. Fantastic. Chris, let's jump right in. Are you, uh, are you ready to talk about your Tigers? Yeah, man. LSU 22, Auburn 21. I was, pick, huh? how about, I was how about dead Koto wrong over Tom Herman. I want to talk about that. <laughs> Don't talk about that. <laughs> Hey, Tom Herman had a pretty good weekend. Whatever. We'll get into him. He beat up on a garbage team from the Pac-12. We beat up on two <laughs> top ten teams. The only school in the country's got two top ten wins. Yeah, Except yeah. Joe Burrow. Like, Joe Burrow looks like he's uh, looks like he's all right. And like the numbers still aren't fantastic. Fifteen out of thirty-four, but uh, two hundred forty-nine yards and a touchdown and in some major major drives in the fourth quarter. Uh, LSU's defense held Auburn at 328 total yards, picked off Jarrett Stidham twice. Uh, LSU held the ball for 35 minutes in this ball game. It Old was, school football. Yeah, it was pretty much domination. So it's, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited. I like this team. The more I've watched them, uh, they're they're young. They're gonna make mistakes. Um, you know, I'm I'm enjoying this one right now, but I, you know. I don't know that this is a team that can win the SEC. I don't know that they can beat Bama. I don't know that they can compete with Georgia. We still have to play both of them in the regular season. 
But you um, get them at home. Yeah, but I don't – God, I don't know that it matters. I'm going to enjoy this one. I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, they, they did look great. Coach O is making all the right moves. He looks like a different person. Well, I, I had them at one and two at this point, and right now they're the only team in the country that has two road neutral site uh, top ten wins. As a matter we, of fact, like there's multiple – We two top ten wins, and we didn't play either one of them at home. Yeah, and, and to go beyond that, uh, I think there's like only – one, I think maybe the SEC is the only Power Five conference that uh, that actually has that like total, and LSU's got it by themselves. No, we're so, yeah, we're the only team in the country. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's bananas. Uh, you know what it reminds me of though, and like I don't know if you'll agree with this or not. This this looks a lot like in like a Les Miles team, doesn't it? It it, it really does. Um... Orgeron, these kids want to play for him. He he's a he's a super excitable guy. I I, I I'm getting a little frustrated and tired of the uh, you know the way he talks jokes now. Like that bit's been going on since he was at Ole Miss. You know, like this. Oh yeah. At some point in time, this this is this is who he is. This is what he sounds like. And, yeah. and it's 2018, and let's get over that. You know, the 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 sports writer asking, you know, do you need a translator to communicate with him? Go, come on, get off my lawn with that crap. <laughs> Look, so. it will continue on until he is no longer coaching. Well, because, because nobody's is... creative. Nobody knows how to no. make a joke about somebody that's not the cheesiest, simplest thing to, to say. Well, I think the biggest thing is there are still casual fans out there that don't know who he is, right? So when they I run across it. I just disagree. I don't think there's a single college football fan that does not know after the decade and a half of him being involved in college football that he is a thing. This is what he looks like. This is what he sounds like. And this is what he acts like. Everybody knows him. You might be right. You might be right. So He might that, be that's... the most recognizable face in college football. You know, you might be right about that with, with the YouTube song and whatnot that went uh, that went so yeah. viral. While uh, he was at Ole Miss and all this stuff, yeah. what he did at USC. We're talking about big programs. He took over USC for that interim time. That's not some slouch. No, you're right. You're right. So West Coast and East Coast all know about him. Yeah, he may be the uh, the most recognizable face. Yeah. So I'd love to have a study done on that. That'd be fantastic. Well, he's fantastic. Like Dabo and Saban, if you put them in a room full of fifty other people, they just blend in. They just yeah, look like nobody knows. Dudes, he he's gonna stand out. Oh, you got that right. So I don't know who the other one might be. Maybe Urban Meyer. Maybe. Well, that's just for negative purposes right now today. Yeah. Somebody so, with that's... distinctive facial features. Well, it'd be all O. It's all Coach O right now. Orgeron, uh, it surprised me. He. Like he's got this thing rolling right now. He he they believes in good. himself, and yeah, they looked really really good. It's going to be a very interesting uh, late October, early November for them because they they got Georgia, Mississippi State, and Alabama all coming up. Boys, still have Florida. Yeah, and Florida on the road. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean there's that's that's coming up very soon. Very this very is, soon. This is going to be the hardest schedule in the country. I mean, Auburn and LSU are going to play the hardest schedules in the country. Yeah, I do agree with that. Uh, let's move on from there about, uh, you know, hardest schedules and, and whatnot. 
these weren't necessarily hard schedules, but who is more disappointing right now, Willie Taggart or Chip Kelly? Oh, Willie so, Taggart by far. Yeah, it it is a complete disaster. Florida State one and two. Their only win is over Samford, and and that was a, a train wreck of a game. Anyway, uh, they look terrible after a thirty to seven beatdown at Syracuse. UCLA uh, gets blown out at home by Fresno State, 38-14. to uh, After looking like they had a little bit of life at Oklahoma the week before. The, the difference in those two schools is, is Mora left nothing at UCLA. There is no talent whatsoever. Florida State still has four and five stars across the board all over the field. They're just not good at football. Yeah. They're athletes. They're talented. They're not good at football. UCLA, they're not even talented. Yeah, I I think I agree with you. Now, the issue is, like, I've heard somebody talking the other day about uh, uh, recruiting rankings and how the players that are at UCLA actually have higher recruiting rankings than any of the classes that Chip Kelly had at Oregon. I don't know that. that. The difference to me, though, is that the players that were recruited to Oregon fit a scheme. And the players at UCLA are just a hodgepodge, right? Like, I don't Correct. think they necessarily go together. Like, they might have talent and whatnot, but if it doesn't fit what you're trying to do, I don't know how successful you can be. Are we learning that coaches that sit out of football for a couple of years, maybe there was a reason they sat out of football and you can't just jump back in and get into it and just – take over a school and be great again i think that well it, it depends on the coach right um, i don't i'm just saying i wonder if we can throw a blanket statement on if a guy sits out for two three years he, he's probably not the guy you want to hire to take over a major program you know I, yeah if he sits out two three years yeah i think you're probably right um but i mean at the same time rich rodriguez uh when he went to arizona started out three and oh Jim Mora, when he went into UCLA, he started out three and zero, I believe. You know, and those were guys that that had sat out for a little while, uh, and, but, and those, but they never had. And those major things success. happened six, seven years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's those things are the game few is so and far between today as it was six years ago. We understand that, right? You, uh, yes, you are correct on that. You are correct. Let's uh, let's jump off of that. Other than Ohio State, the Big Ten was absolute garbage this weekend. Uh, were you able to see any of the uh, the stuff while you were up in Boston? Like, did, uh, well, did you see follow, any of the crazy I scores? I was yes, I was following all the scores constantly. That's uh, what did you think about BYU twenty four, Wisconsin twenty one? I'm I'm actually not going to kill Wisconsin. Okay, they're not as good as I thought they were. That's fine. I don't think they're a dead team. I think this BYU team is way better than you or I thought before the season started, and and I, yeah. I think they're way better. A, they play an insane schedule, and they showed up to play. Yeah, they really did. They they out Wisconsin, Wisconsin, right? Exactly. So the uh, the deal here, like Wisconsin, beat themselves, which is what they normally do to other teams. Um, they had a turnover that was converted into a touchdown, and they missed a field goal. And BYU just you know held the rope, did what they were supposed to do, didn't turn the ball over. I mean, it was it, it was the perfect game plan to be able to sneak out of there with a win, uh, especially in a uh, like a letdown look ahead spot when Wisconsin's got Iowa coming up this weekend. 
So I think they thought they might just be able to sleepwalk through the game like they have with New Mexico and whoever, Sisters of the Poor that they played in the first week. Uh, but obviously that was not the case. So BYU came to play, and, and props to them. Uh, Rutgers went to Kansas, got beat 55-14. But, I mean, the, yeah, we don't expect anything out of them. For people to throw them into this, oh, the Big Ten look bad, Rutgers is always bad. I don't think it was so much that like they lost the game. I think it's that they got beat 55 to 14. They gave up 400 rushing yards to Kansas. But like, that is insane. What do we expect from garbage? Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't have any kind of expectations, really. Uh, Temple beat Maryland 35 to 14. Temple was 0 and 2 coming into this game. They had lost to Villanova and Buffalo, and they did not give up a single offensive score to Maryland. Maryland had a defensive score and a special team score. And that I, yeah, one surprised me. I can't me. figure that one out. That one did shock me. Uh, that that might have been the beginning of the end of uh, – For Matt Canada? Yeah, that Canada's <laughs> – I thought maybe Canada was going to go on a run there and uh, parlay this into a head coaching job somewhere. May, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. not. Maybe not. Troy 24, Nebraska 19. Uh, I told you last week, without Adrian Martinez – this Nebraska team would be lucky to win three, four ball games. Um, look, the the branch kid is okay, uh, but this is still a Troy team that got beat at home by thirty something by Boise State. You know, this in Nebraska you would think should have been able to get their first win here, and Neil Brown just continues to uh, to hype up his own his own resume here. He gets uh, a good win. This weekend was a great weekend for two guys that I'm in the tank with. Neil Brown, Bill, Bill Clark. Yeah, Bill Clark whooped me. They started off bad. They let me down a couple of times. I got off of them, but I never go against them. Never. Now you, they got you're right. right and, uh, and they both look great. That's uh, me having Tulane minus four last week. I, I thought about it the day of. I said, what am I doing? Like, what? Bet Why would I do that? It's not a smart move. It's not a smart move. South Very Florida true. beat Illinois 25-19. Missouri beat uh, Purdue 40-37 in just a ridiculous back-and-forth game. Purdue had 572 yards passing and still lost. And Purdue is now 0-3 on the season, so not good. And then Akron beats Northwestern 39-34. to That just that, – that, that's the one. Yeah. All of these – because I have expectations of Northwestern being good. I just do. Yeah. I mean, it's it, here's the deal. Northwestern was up 21-3 to three at the half, and Akron ended the game with 15 penalties for 140 yards, and Akron still won the game. Yeah, like Northwestern threw pick sixes, right? Well, it was two pick sixes and a fumble return for a touchdown. Okay, yeah, three, three turnovers for a score. That's, yeah. That's insane. I, it's – well, and at, at some point, you still had to give up 18 points to Akron – so, like, I don't know. It's, it, it never made any sense to me. I don't know Nebraska what's going on up there. Nebraska the one that's glad that uh, Akron took that money and ran. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, after, uh, after that, I mean, absolutely. Uh, we'll move on to the Pac-12. Pac-12 wasn't great either. Uh, let's see. Fresno State, of course, we, uh, we talked about them knocking out UCLA. Nevada beats Oregon State 30, uh, 37-35. Nevada was actually favored by three and a half. But Oregon State missed a field goal on the last play of the game, 
uh, from 33 yards out. So that, that was not good. San Diego State beats Arizona State. Did you see any of this one by chance? No, nope, I watched no Pac-12 after dark. So, so you didn't read any recaps or anything like that. You want me to tell Not you what happened? Pac-12, yeah. Okay, so Arizona State goes down twenty-eight to twenty or twenty-eight to fourteen to San Diego State with like four minutes left, right? And Arizona State comes down the field, scores a touchdown with like a minute and forty seconds left to make it twenty-eight to twenty-one. San Diego State gets the onside kick and runs the football rather than trying to take a knee. They fumble the ball and give it back to Arizona State. With like 14 seconds left in the game, Manny Wilkins throws a like a 40-something yard pass down to the two-yard line. And on the play, like they were not going to review it as a catch or, or anything like that, they reviewed it because they called targeting on one of the guys from San Diego State. So they actually review the tape and determine that the guy did not catch the football. Like, they weren't going to review it for a catch. They only reviewed it for, uh, for targeting. And then they determined that it was, like, it was targeting, but he didn't catch the ball. So rather than having a first and ten at the uh, two-yard line, or first and goal at the two-yard line, they've got first and ten from the 35. So with like 14 seconds left, so they threw a couple of Hail Marys. It, you know, it, it, was, it was a weird way for the game to end. So, so San Diego State had a game-winning um, – Targeting? Yeah, game-winning targeting call. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely interesting. Uh, on the other side of the Pac-12, uh, we talked about this a little bit. Texas 37, USC 14. Uh, check out this stat line. USC had 16 rushes for negative five yards. Wow. Was that insane? Yeah. I mean, it just That's a lot like that sense. Florida State stat line I gave you the other day from Va Tech game back in the first game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Crazy. <laughs> uh, we talked, uh, you know, we'll move that into the Big 12 stuff. Oklahoma State 44, Boise State 21. Don't bet against look, the bullet. Hey, look, Jim Knowles at Oklahoma State, uh, he might be able to bring Gundy his first playoff appearance. Like, I, I think that he is a fantastic defensive coordinator. They've already got 32 tackles for loss this season in three games, and they've already got 16 sacks. They had seven sacks against, um, uh, against Boise State. So I, this game was never in doubt. I, I, know, I know you just can't. All these people in the world, around the country are just chalking up Ohio, uh, Oklahoma as to, to winning the Pac-12 and getting a playoff spot and just rolling through. Man, be, be real careful about walking over TCU and, and, uh, and, and Oklahoma State. Yeah. Oklahoma just, State just, looks really good right now. No, you can't just chalk up W's there now. Nope, you are correct. Uh, let's talk about Texas Tech and Houston. Barn, Does this barn. game matter? Golly, there was no defense. No. There what was over 1,300 yards like of offense. The, like, like the number one draft pick overall, Houston defensive lineman. Like, like his guy can't get in. Ed Oliver. Well, yeah, it, he's a stud. Yeah, he's a stud. But, like, if you're the only one, 
you know, there's not a whole lot that you can do. Oh, well, that's, that's not true. I've, we've watched a lot of only ones for small schools before, and they still wreck quarterbacks. Now, maybe scheming is just better today than it was a couple of years ago, and it's easier for him to, you know, them to get the ball off a lot faster. But he got, well, that and he got double teamed a lot. Yeah, like the best ton, double and triple team. You're supposed to be able to get through double teams. If you're the number one overall draft pick, double teams from Texas Tech should not stop you. No, you're you're right about that. You're Miles right about Garrett, that. Double, double team by SEC guys still got through. Still got through. Yeah, Khalil Mack at Buffalo. I mean, he he was getting double right. and triple teamed. One one guy on a small school still wreaked havoc. You got that right. You got that right. Um, let's move on. We'll end with a couple of different things. Uh, Alabama and, and Georgia. We're going to talk about look. the TCU Oklahoma or Ohio State game. Where did I have that on this? Oh yeah, yeah. I completely. <laughs> I completely skipped over it. The rest of the Big Ten was so bad, I was just like, ah, get it out of here. Uh, yeah, no, Big 12. Uh, the TCU, TCU could have won this game. Great. They absolutely could have won this game. It was, it was like a great it, game. Had they not turned the ball over three times, yeah. I think they win. The, the last 15, 20 minutes of that game ended it for them. I mean, it, it, and it's like, you know, real time, not really clock time. Like the, the last half of the fourth quarter, they just – they began to make mistakes that you can't make against Ohio State. We, we talk about don't bet against these big monster teams. Man, they're, they're not all unbeatable. Maybe Alabama and Georgia are, but Clemson, Clemson's looked beatable. They don't scare me, you know, the way Alabama and Georgia do. Ohio State has now looked beatable. Oklahoma looked beatable. Yeah. Uh, tell me, Ohio State. No, they all got wins. They're all undefeated. But but they've played three quality opponents, each one of those schools, and all three of them, they don't scare me. And tell me this. Uh, I thought Ohio State's defense under Greg Schiano was supposed to be, you know, pretty incredible. They've given up over 500 yards to Oregon State and TCU. Now, they won both games. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a lot of yardage, a lot of points to be given up if, if you're going to be a, a championship team, right? I don't, I don't know the talent level that they have. I mean, I'm sure they've got five and four stars all over the place. The only guy on defense that any of the TV guys ever talk about is Watt. That's it. That's it. Like, like it's like he's the only guy out there. So I can't even speak intelligently. I watch. You mean, you mean second. Bosa? But Bosa. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, Nick Bosa. <laughs> that's it. You still thinking of JJ Watt? Yeah. Well, Watt's. Little brother, no, they're all in the NFL now. Yeah, yes, they're all out. No, yeah, it's uh, it's Bosa's little brother. He was the only guy they talked about. I listened to the whole game, heard everything about it, and and absolutely felt like they don't talk about any of these guys at all. And and they gave up a lot of yards, but they still made some plays. They made some big plays, and, and they just didn't get a lot of credit from the TV crews. That, that's shame on Herbie and those guys, man. They got to do a better job of kind of informing people about who these kids are. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, let's close out with uh, with a couple of notes. Uh, Boston College looks like they could uh, possibly win the ACC. Uh, they, they look that talented. I don't talented. think they can win it, but they're going to be in that. There's, a, there's three horses in the ACC right now. Yeah, they'll be involved. They're gonna, in yeah, they're going to they're gonna have something to say about it. Uh, North Texas beat Arkansas 44-17. to 17. Did you see the fake punt? Okay, I did, and I actually have – or not I fake punt, fake punt return. I get it. I have a little bit of a problem with this play, okay? In today's world, with all the targeting and all this other stuff, I know the kid never called for it. But if he's just standing still 
and that player comes up and lays him out. There is no doubt in my mind they throw an unnecessary roughness flag. That guy gets ejected from the game, and they say, well, the player gave himself up. Because I've heard I've heard them call somebody down for, quote-unquote, giving himself up, even though he didn't give a signal. So Arkansas got beat. They got beat hands down every inch of the field they got beat on. That play should have absolutely, that kid should have been called down by just dropping his arms and standing still and walking, like, kind of walking away. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I because do agree with that. Because if, if next, week, next week somebody else is going to try that and a defensive player is going to And they're going to get killed. <laughs> and, and what's going to happen is that defensive player is going to get ejected from the game that special teams player, going to be ejected. It's going to be a 15-yard penalty, and they're going to say, well, he gave himself up. Oh, the yeah. officials mess that up. They absolutely – as soon as the guy drops his arms and starts walking at a real slow pace, the official needs to blow his whistle and say, play's dead. You, you've yeah. given yourself up. Yeah, that's okay. So it's somebody on Facebook jumped in. NCAA is looking into making that play yeah. illegal now. Uh, they as they, they, they have to because of safety. They, the, A, because the fair catches today, so many times you're running, you're getting blocked, so you can't necessarily keep your eye on the guy you're attacking because you're being blocked. And after you get off your block, do you know if that guy made the fair catch signal or not? Because you can't watch him the whole time. You're messing with the gunner, you know? Yeah. No, you're you're 100% right about that. It, it's, it's absolutely right. a safety. It didn't cost Arkansas the game. Arkansas looked like crap. They got trashed. They should be getting beat. They should be getting all the criticism they're getting. I thought Morris would do a much better job than he's doing there. But that, that play, that play shouldn't be on all the highlight reels, and we shouldn't all be laughing at Arkansas for it. I just disagree with that. No, Arkansas we need to be laughing at because they threw six interceptions. Um Let's close out with these two stats. I got two stats for you, okay? Okay. First off, we're going to start with Tua on third downs this year. Have you heard this stat yet? No, no, because I haven't paid attention to a single Alabama game yet. On third downs, Tua Tonga-Vailoa is 12 of 12 for 297 yards and six touchdowns. Is that into, oh, and, and he's also run for three other first downs on third down. Um, and then we'll close with this one. Give a little hometown love. You ready? All right. Memphis running back Daryl Henderson is leading the country in rushing. 36 carries for 521 yards and six touchdowns. 173.67 yards per game. 14.47 yards every time he touches the ball. Well, he sure as hell didn't do it against a Navy game. No, he had like 7.8 yards per carry in, in Navy, uh, but they, they didn't give him the ball. I think he touched but, it like 12 times. Whatever happened didn't help me at all. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think Norvell is fixing that problem. I, I, he gave it to, to Daryl Henderson quite a bit against Georgia I mean, State, they, and he went off. And play like McNee or something like that. Oh, yeah. No, we'll we'll get it all rolling again. All right, that's going to wrap up the uh, college football week three recap. So we'll be back in, uh, in just a bit with an NFL recap. Winning Cures Everything, week two NFL recap brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. You can watch, wager on any of the games down at any of their five, soon to be six, Sportsbook locations, 
Go check them out at tunicatravel.com. You can also get anything that you need to know about the games, about the odds, about whatever at winningcureseverything.com. Chris, let's just uh, let's fire this thing off. All right. Pat, Pat Mahomes may be the greatest quarterback that there has ever been in the history of the world. Right. He looks pretty exciting. He's, uh, he's pretty good. He's like, like Ryan Fitzpatrick might have something to say about Andy it. Reed has waited his entire life for. That's exactly what – everybody questioned whether or not Alex Smith was, you know, why, why would you get rid of a guy that you know, you know, that, that has taken you to the playoffs, that, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But the reason you do that is because this guy is a baller. Like, you just know he's a baller, right? Andy, Andy Reid, this, this whole move makes me so excited, though. This is a gambler's move right here. He could make the playoffs for the rest of his life with Alex Smith. He yeah. could win the NFC or the AFC, AFC West, compete with – I mean, he's owned the Patriots the last couple of years with Smith, and and he could live an unbelievable life that's going to put him into the Hall of Fame and compete for Super Bowls. Well, and Alex said, Smith was, you know was leading the league in, in pass right. efficiency last year. He finally he said, had weapons around yeah. him. And he said – I think this kid's better. I think this kid's more explosive. I'm gonna, I'm gonna gamble on giving up all of that. Yeah. And and we're gonna roll with this. He's dominated the AFC West, and yeah. Now it's he's, not even close. It's scary. He's 38 out of 55, 582 yards with 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions. It's his second year in the league, and look, 10 touchdowns through two weeks has never been done in NFL history. That is Sunday against the Steelers, he had more touchdowns than he had incompletions. He threw <laughs> six TDs, he only had five incompletions. How crazy is that? Uh, well, it, it's about as crazy as the Steelers being favored at Tampa Bay on Monday night. So, But we'll, we'll get to that in our picks, right? We'll, we'll get to that. Sure. Uh, let's jump into Ryan Fitzpatrick, or Fitzmagic, right? All right. He's the NFC MVP leader right now. Who the fuck uh, is Jameis Winston? Oh, my God, this guy. Look, Tampa Bay moves to 2-0 and with a 27-21 win over the Philadelphia Eagles, who are very excited to be getting Carson Wentz back in week three. Uh, but Tampa Bay, behind Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, this team looks like they like each other, like they are comfortable. It, look, Fitzpatrick coming out wearing Deshaun Jackson's uh, clothes, at that press conference was bananas. Absolutely insane. But they look like they're having fun. So so here's – no, they're, they're having fun. Winning is fun. Scoring a lot of points is fun. Here's the thing that shocks me. The dude put up these big numbers against the Eagles, who we both agree we think have two of the top – one of the top three defenses in all the country, if not the best overall defense in the country. Oh, yeah. I thought they were going to come down to earth Nothing against Fitzpatrick or the Bucks offense, but just because I assumed, man, the Saints defense is just garbage, and this is a real defense that won a Super Bowl. Like, these guys are no joke. You can't just go push them around. And they went in there and pushed them around. Yeah, it's it's not that uh, the Saints defense is garbage either. He's to four different people. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's spreading the ball around. He, it's not this like is... he's just got one guy he's feeding. We're talking about how good uh, Mahomes looked because he's thrown for 582 yards. 
Yeah. Fitzpatrick is 48 of 61. He's only had 13 incompletions on the season for 819 yards with eight touchdowns and one pick. I don't, I don't get it. Just, it's just insane. Um, the, the the magic questions are can he keep it up? Because he is old man. What is he? Thirty eight. Does his fourteenth year in the league? Holy. So, so thirty six, thirty seven. Probably somewhere around there. And yeah. then the other thing is, is there's no way they go back to Jameis, right? Not I mean, right now. The so offshore odds have got this set up where I think it's like. Fitzpatrick remains the starter at minus 400 right now. Okay. So it, it looks like it's going to stay Fitzpatrick. And I cannot say that I blame him. Like, well, no. Why would... I talked about this before the season even started. Yeah. Why would you ever For, bring him forget, back? Forget about Winston at all, or, or Fitzpatrick at all. Let's say he's just garbage. Jameis Winston is not good. He's not who you want to build around. And the thing that I I have learned most about watching Bill Belichick run teams is as soon as you feel like you have a losing hand, you fold it. You don't care that the guy still has something productive to you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you can't yeah. win with him, you fold and you yeah. just move on. And if you're bad for a year, that's fine. You figure it out the next year. But you don't keep paying somebody who you know you can't win with. I, I would have moved on from Jameis already. There have been people that are talking, you know, are they going to put him on the trade block? What what would his value even be? I don't even know what that would be. Uh, I'm sure he'd be useful as a backup somewhere, right? Like, that's the only thing that I can think of. I, I don't know that anybody in the league would actually trust him right now. Um, and it, it definitely makes him look bad that he has had all these weapons and everything in Tampa Bay and Fitzpatrick comes in, and he just looks amazing immediately. This late, this late thirty-year-old man with a big-ass beard from Harvard comes in and just makes him look foolish. Yes, yes, you've uh, you've got that right. You you brought up something interesting that'll move us into uh, the next topic. Uh, you talked about folding a losing hand. Vontae Davis quits <laughs> at the like just at halftime. Doesn't even come back out for the second half. He was inactive week one, and he comes into the locker room at halftime. He's a little slower. He's getting beat on some things, right? And he's just like, peace. I'm out. Like, does this surprise you? Would you have done this? No, no. I I I wish I had this kind of money. Like, that's what I wish. (laughs) <laughs> well, oh, yeah, oh, okay. No, now if I had that kind of money, there are plenty of jobs that I would quit just midstream on. But, but I, I don't know. He signed. Just he walk. signed a five million dollar deal this year. Now he's walking away from it, which means he well, made. That's right. He's not like, paid hardly any of it. Yeah, which, so he's walking away from that money, which means he's made enough money to be able to walk away from five million dollars to play for one season. Well, I mean, Either now we, now I don't know about that. He, there's a really good chance if he was that slow and getting beat that bad that he felt like, I'm going to get cut. And I don't really want to get embarrassed by being cut. But wait till the game's over with, man. I mean, finish yeah. the game with you guys. Pull a hammy. Tell him I can't go back in there. And then after the game, just say, look, I, I've lost it and I'm out. But he just walked on him. Yeah, that was uh, – that that's, it was a weird situation. When when I saw that come across the timeline, it was like Bill's player retires at halftime. It's like, 
Oh, God, they've got so many things going wrong up there. Uh, talking about things going wrong, Daniel Carlson is out of a job after going 0 for 3 uh, in kicking against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday. 29 to 29 ties. So all the people that had the Vikings minus one, one and a half, not happy campers. Um, they bring in uh, Dan Bailey. All right. But, no one wants to talk about kickers. Kickers suck, and we don't want to talk about kickers. But we don't want to talk about this game. Okay. Let's talk about the let, game. All right. So let me ask you a question. Not ask you a question. I think the media is getting something wrong. They're just getting something really wrong. You cannot like the the the, the rule. Okay. The the personal foul, roughing the passer, unnecessary roughness that that uh that was that was on Kirk Cousins for uh when he threw that interception would have ended the game, whatever, gave him the first down instead they drive down um and, and tie the game, whatnot. All right? Right. You can you can not like the rule, but everyone keeps saying, Well, I don't know what they're supposed to do. It's pretty clear. You can't put all your body weight on him. He hit him with his shoulder, clean, perfect hit. And then he drove him to the ground. Now, because he didn't land flat on him, doesn't mean he didn't drive his shoulder into him, which drove him into the ground. I don't like the rule. I'm not a fan of the rule. But let's not act like it wasn't called correctly. It was absolutely called correctly. He drove all of his body weight onto Kirk Cousins in that play. Other than that, it was a clean hit. I don't like the rule. But nobody gave Green Bay that game away. Yeah, no, they everybody knows what the rule is, and you're right. That's right. You're right. And at this point, there's no sense in whining about this anymore. We understand what it is. It's look, you're going to have to count on your cornerbacks, your defensive backs to make plays in the secondary. Ah. And, you know, you, you can rush and bring pressure on these quarterbacks, but if you get a chance to tee off on them, you got to do it very, uh, very gingerly, right? Well, I mean, I, what they want you to do, I don't know how easy it is because I haven't tackled anybody in a long, long time and have no desire to try, okay? <laughs> but, but what they want is when you hit them, roll, twist. Yeah. If you spin and you turn so you're not driving your shoulder with all of your force into them on the ground, that's all they want you to do is to make some sort of effort to fall sideways, now, I know a lot about falling sideways. I went skiing one time in my life, snow skiing, and I got pretty good at going down. And, and, and I, don't, I don't understand all the physics or anything. I know this. Big boy going in one direction down a snow hill picks up a lot of speed the farther he goes. But I could not stop. Did not know how to stop. And so I just got where I got dangerously close to a tree, and I fell. That's all you have to do. When you slam into him, just fall. Just fall the other way. Turn to the left and turn to the right and fall. And everyone keeps saying, well, they're not thinking about that. How, how much thought goes into falling? Like, you're going to get penalized if you don't. But I think if they give any effort whatsoever in making it look like they tried, I think they're going to get the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, they, they, they won't get like caught. They don't try at all. They're getting no benefit of the doubt. They're getting the flag every time. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, let's move off of that. Let's talk about 0-2 teams because I'm sure everybody likes right. to talk about losers, right? Uh, sure. Which 0-2 team can still make the playoffs? I'm going to give you the list, okay? The Bills, the Texans, the Raiders, the Giants, 
the Lions, the Cardinals, and now the Seahawks. Can any of those teams still make the playoffs? There's about a 12% chance for 0-2 teams to make it. The only one that I could ever think of is if the Giants can do something with their offensive line between now and then, and it's only because that division looks winnable. Nobody in that division looks great, and and everybody in that division has one loss. They've got two. They're only one game back of everybody. So that that is the only team that I think has a chance at all. Well, I mean, what about the uh, the Texans? No. No, I think the Jaguars are real, and, yeah. and I don't. I don't think Texas are getting to nine or ten wins. Um, all right, so we'll take this back to Patrick Mahomes. Let's let's be real careful. We've got two games, two great games, and he earns all the accolades that he's getting right now. Okay. Watson had four unbelievable games that made us think this guy's the MVP of the league last year. It was him or Carson Wentz before he went down. He don't look like that now. Once the NFL gets something on you, sometimes those numbers go down, and they go down quickly. So let's let's just be real careful. Well, the other side of this, like the other side of this is Watson is coming off of an injury, and Mahomes hasn't been injured yet. I don't don't think the injury has anything to do with why Watson looks bad. I think the NFL has got his number. They know how to slow him down. They know how to contain him, and – and a lot of that, he's probably handcuffed by Bill O'Brien. I mean, we're going to get to a segment later about that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we will definitely get to that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that may, maybe the Seahawks, but I don't, I don't think they've got enough in the tank right now to be able to make the playoffs. Uh, the Cardinals are really bad. The Lions, I'd like to think that Patricia could get it turned around, but I don't think he's going to this year. It's going to take, it's gonna take time. And, and the, yeah. the problem with Patricia is, is they're going from a coach that won nine games last year and all the players loved to a coach that's 0-2 and, and a lot of the players hate. You know, yeah. Patricia's doing that, coach him hard. He's not a player's coach. He didn't care if you're his friend or not. When you jump offside, you run laps. When you fumble, you run laps. When you make a mistake, he makes you run. And these players aren't liking that word out of yeah. control. And so, and so they're not, you know, playing hard for him. At some point, if you're ownership and management, you've got to figure out, are we okay with a guy coaching our guys hard and holding them to a standard and making them better? Or they're just not going to play for him. we got to get somebody in the guys will play for. And I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I think, like, obviously he's going to stick around for this year and probably well, yeah, next year. This year and next year. But whether that lasts past that, we'll see. Um, let's talk about the Titans beating the uh, the Texans. And okay. we don't have to spend long on this, but the Titans were without their top three tackles, without Marcus Mariota, without Delaney Walker. Uh, yeah, they played at home, but there, there's no way they should have won this game. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. It it does let you know why Mike Malarkey was fired and why Vrabel was hired, right? It's yep. this was coaching. Like a hundred percent. Vrabel's going to be the second coming of Belichick, or, or yeah, and I don't think he will be. But, but he outcoached yeah. Bill O'Brien. He yeah, put him big in a time. Um, the fake punt was wonderful to watch. Uh, where they throw it over to uh, Kevin Baird for the touchdown. Yep. Um, I mean, it just everything about this seemed 
goofy, right? Like the the clock mismanagement for Bill O'Brien's team at the end of the game. It, I, I I just could not understand what was happening here. You know, they they line up uh, because they've got Blaine Gabbert. They line up Derrick Henry in the Wildcat. They even let him throw out of the Wildcat. Uh, they don't let Blaine Gabbert beat them, right? Like, I'm not talking about the Texans. I'm talking about the Titans. Didn't let their yeah. own quarterback beat them. They kind of took the ball out of his hands. And it was the smartest thing that they could have ever done. It was just well, yeah, a, an, what, an mean, amazing game. Jacksonville did up until Blake figured out how to play quarterback recently. But most all of last year, they just said, we're not going to let you, you mess this up. So. You uh, you bring up uh, an interesting thing because we'll move on to that next topic. Blake Bortles whipped your Patriots. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was they're insane. Still real bad at defense. Uh, that's yeah, weird. it, and, and that's what's crazy is, you know, we talked about Deshaun Watson and whatnot, and we thought, the okay, best, well, the best after week one, Fowler uh, went out first quarter of the game. That hurts. Yeah. I mean, it's one player, but I mean. He's he's it the best defensive he's the best defensive player we got. So yeah. that kind of sucks. When your defense is already really bad, you take the best piece away. It doesn't help. Well, the Jaguars uh, did not even have Leonard Fournette, and Bortles' numbers were twenty nine out of forty five, three hundred seventy seven yards, four touchdowns. Can't cover uh, it. Hey, there. Tell me this: the Jaguars' wide receiver core, Didi Westbrook, uh, Dante Moncrief, Cole Safarian Jenkins. That's like a sneaky good wide no, receiver. No, it's court. not. No, it's not. No, don't say. I'm t- no, it's from not, from this angle. It's not. No. <laughs> it's not. You're wrong. It's not. So you're not telling me good. that Blake Bortles is actually a good, good quarterback. They're not going to look that good against any other team except for maybe when they play the Colts twice. There's no <laughs> other defense they're going to play this that bad. They're just not. How are you, Pat's going to fix this? Well, they'll fix it. They'll make moves. Bill always makes moves. The first Let's four see. games, the first four games of the season for the last four years, everybody has buried them. Uh, they're done. This is the year they fall off. This is the year Bill forgets it all. This is the year. This is the year. every year. It's the same thing. Every year. Then the AFC Championship game, they're in the Super Bowl. They win the Super Bowl. Well, one yeah. of those three things is going to happen. So, it's the first four weeks. He's figuring it out. He's going to make five to seven moves between now and in week eight or nine, and this is all going to be fine. Now, one of the moves was uh, was to get Josh Gordon from your Browns. That's right. That's right. That's How do you right. feel about it? I feel pretty good about it. Now, listen, I'm not getting too excited. We'll know quickly if within two weeks if Josh Gordon is still on this team or not. Okay? But if he's fine, if he's not injured and he's healthy and he can come in and he can play, he can be dangerous. And if yes. he can't, and if he doesn't get – Right, we'll know quickly, and he'll be cut almost immediately, and it'll cost them nothing, nothing. They traded a fifth-round pick, and if he doesn't start, if he doesn't start ten games this season, okay, then they get a seventh-round pick back. So where the Pats usually pick from where the Cleveland usually picks, that fifth to seventh-round pick's not a whole lot different. It's about no, the sixth it's... Round. it's the sixth round in between there. So there you go, not too they bad. Give up almost nothing. Let's talk about the Rams defense, and we'll uh, we'll close up with this and uh, and one other thing. Rams defense has been bonkers this year. Uh, is it because of opponents, or are they actually that good? They uh, 
the past six quarters, they've given up zero points, only 244 yards. They've had 16 drives against them and only given up 11 first downs. But here's, the, the, here's the difference. Take the Arizona game out. No, that's what I was going to say. They've only had two sacks on 69 dropbacks. So they're not beating teams the way that you would think with Sue and Donald back there. So just take Arizona out. Arizona's garbage. And the Raiders are garbage, right? Well, the Raiders aren't good. They're an offensively good team. But, you know, they shut them down in the fourth quarter. Okay. All right. But they scored on them in the first couple of quarters. So. Yeah. They couldn't stop Cooks. So. No, nah, they they couldn't early, uh, but they they figured out how to in the second half. But that's all he uh, That's all you got to stop is one guy, and he's a mediocre tight end in the NFL. Let's uh, let's close out on this. Okay. The Falcons actually scored touchdowns in the red zone against the Panthers. Were you surprised by this? <laughs> um, I was surprised a little. Panthers Panthers look beat up. Yeah. After Cam took that shot, he was not the same the rest of the game. He probably should not have been playing quarterback the rest of the game. I uh, I think I agree with you. Uh, the Falcons and that that was a dirty ass play. It's just all there is yeah. to it. That was absolutely flat out taking the shot at a guy trying to knock him out of the game. Well, and and I feel like people do that to Cam Newton every week. Yeah, like oh, wait, yeah. we don't have to rehash this uh, this argument, but because he is bigger. For whatever it's it's kind of like the hack a shack thing where yeah. NBA refs just wouldn't call fouls you know on players trying to guard Shaq. He, like he it's the same called, thing here. Yeah, well, yeah. So, him, and, him and him and him and Gronk are the same guy. Gronk doesn't get pass interference calls against him at all because he's just so much bigger than the guys covering him. Cam yeah. doesn't doesn't get the roughing roughing penalties. He doesn't get the respect that all the rest of the quarterbacks get. They say he's a runner when really he's running back trying to make passes. Um, and he's still getting hit. Uh, he's just—he's just never going to get those calls. It's obscene. Um, I don't—I don't know how to police the game if the refs won't do it. So, no, that's—that's that's the crazy thing. There's—I don't know what the bias is. I, I really don't understand it. Um, but yeah, so the—the the stats are—they scored four times in the red zone, uh, two touchdown passes, one to Calvin Ridley, uh, one to Hooper, um, and then two Matt Ryan runs in the end zone. Here's the deal. Uh, in nine red zone attempts this season, the Falcons have 35 points. In nine red zone attempts this season for the San Francisco 49ers, in uh, Kyle Shanahan, they have 36 points. Really not that different this year. And it's only through two weeks. Obviously, we'll see what else happens. But Kyle uh, Shanahan doesn't have you know. anybody as close to good as Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman in the backfield, or Julio Jones. That's just it. You're talking about three massive skill players that they don't have in San Francisco. And they're not yeah. close. They're not, there's not a receiver that's on the planet with, with Julio. And neither one of the running backs that are playing right now for the 49ers, they're doing fine. They're not garbage. They're playing well. But, but they're not Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. No, you're, you're right. So, you're right. All right, that's going to wrap up the uh, the recap. Remember, go check out tunicatravel.com. Go check out winningcureseverything.com. We will be back later this week with, um, oh, gosh, we've got picks and previews and all kind of mess, right? So pay attention to the YouTube channel. Pay attention to Facebook. Pay attention to Twitter, all the wonderful things. We will see you guys later this week.
It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You can follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team, or praise us, or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time... Have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and LeBonner's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.